It's November 1. How about that? And so what better day than to start Acts 1. We're in the book of Acts now. Man, we're getting through the Bible. I hope you've been able to stay with us. And if you've just joined us, that's okay too, because that's what it's all about. And today we're going to be in Acts 1 through 4. So welcome to the Daily Walk. It's the Wednesday version of the Daily Walk. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger. And man, this is good stuff. So Jesus is meeting with his disciples again, and it's just before the ascension, and he's promising them the gift of the Holy Spirit, and he's like, remember, John the Baptist baptized with water, but I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, so don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. So as he tells them this, the apostles were looking. I remember, you know, I talked to uh, my kids the other day in class. What differentiates the 12, which is now 11, remember, because Judas goes and hangs himself, from all the other disciples was Jesus called them to minister at a bigger realm they're supposed to share the gospel message the gospels means good news that's what matthew mark luke and john is all about because they tell the story of jesus which is the good news which what is the good news the good news is is we got a messiah we got a jesus who loved us so much he came and gave his life for us and these apostles which means called of God, are supposed to go share the message. See, disciple means follower. And we had this great discussion of that in class Monday. So good stuff. So he tells them, don't leave Jerusalem till you receive this gift that the Father's going to send you. And when you do, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. See, This gift is available to us, and we will receive power. See, Jesus knew that for them to go be his witnesses, because he says, you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's the Great Commission. He knew for us to be able to go testify, to witness to people that we don't even know, or to share our story even with families and to people in our circle of influence, we're going to need more strength than normal because people are hindered a lot of times to share that information because they're intimidated by that because they think, oh, we don't want to step on toes. We don't want to cross the line. We don't want to do that. So here's a story. The Holy, the Holy Spirit comes in you, and he gives you power. Jesus said that right there. And so I was at basketball practice last night, and I have a, 
one of my players having a meltdown. And I know the family real well, and I know they are followers of Christ. I know this. This I know the mom would like us to actually pray, but I'm in a public school, right? And and I'm like, hey, I know your mom, and your I know your family, and I know they're good followers of the of the word. And I I'm kind of walking away from the rest of the group because I have quite a few players, and I said, let me just pray with you real quick. And she's like, yes, please. And I'm praying with her, and she, because I coach varsity girls, and she raises her hands, man, and she's in agreement with me. And we rebuke Satan. We rebuke the powers that were trying to take her out. And we just prayed peace and harmony over her. And that greater is the one that lives in her, the Holy Spirit, who gives her power over these things, than the one of the world that's trying to bring her down. And I'm telling you, she was great after that. She was the leader she's supposed to be, and it was great. And see, the Lord knew that these 12 apostles, these 11 apostles were gonna need this filling of the Holy Spirit to be able to go do that. See, when the Holy Spirit's in you, he gives you courage, he gives you strength, he gives you the ability to go out on a limb and say, hey, let me just pray with you to help you through this moment because he knows you need that. So he does that, and then Jesus tells him, hang on, we're going to get that, and then he is taken up to heaven in the clouds, and they're watching him. And then these two white-robed men, you know, angels most likely, Say, why are you standing here, staring into heaven, just as Jesus was taken into heaven? Someday, remember Jesus said, the hour is not known, only the Father knows. Someday he's going to return from heaven in the same way you saw him go up. And Jesus talked about that. He said, I'm coming back for you. So the same way he's going to come back for us. And the real thing is, he said, no one knows when that is, so just be ready. And that is key. We got to know that. So then the disciples, the, the apostles, the disciples, they go and they meet together, and they're constantly in prayer. They're constantly in prayer. And it's the disciples and the apostles. There's 120 believers in one place at that time, right? And so then they say, hey, we got to replace Judas, you know, the one that betrayed Christ. We, you know, and there's the whole story about how he uh, was so overcome with what he had done that he took his own life, you know. And, and here's the thing when Jesus, you got to think about this. Jesus knew all along what Judas was going to do, yet Jesus still washed his feet, yet Jesus still sat with him in the Last Supper. And Jesus still gave his life even for the betrayer. So had Judas realized what Jesus was doing for him too, I wonder what would have happened if Judas would have realized this and met with Jesus after and sought forgiveness. Because they all scattered. Jesus said, you're all going to scatter. But meet me in Galilee. And the only one that didn't was the one that thought his sin was greater. 
because Jesus had already said, hey, you can even blaspheme the Son of God. The one for unforgivable sin is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Well, they haven't received that yet. So I always wonder what would have happened if he would have just had Jesus and met him and sought forgiveness. And see, this is the true story about the whole suicidal thing. If we could just get to him and let him know Jesus loves you that much, maybe we could help people who look towards making a permanent decision to a temporary problem. So they meet together and they replace Judas by praying. They all go and they pray. And they ask God to help them choose the right one. And they cast lots. That's like drawing straws. And they, in, the, in that, they know that God's going to make the right thing happen. And through that, Matthias was selected to be the next apostle because they, they know that God's going to work that all out. So we go to Acts 2, and that's when the Holy Spirit comes. That's the day of Pentecost. That's when they're all up praying, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Remember, Jesus John the Baptist said, Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so here they get the look of fire that settles on them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. And when they were filled with the Spirit, they could speak in the languages of the people that they would be witnessing to. Because what good is it if I go witness and I can't relate to you? See, we want to think that we got to speak like stuff we never heard of. But what's real is these people are speaking in languages people understand. That's the big thing when we talk about tongues. We're speaking languages people can understand. And when I talk like that, I'm here's what I used to be. When I was a youth pastor, I, I, my first ministry was in the projects. So I told the story of Moses and the Exodus in relative form of a gang war where somebody was trying to get to the other side of the street in the middle of gang wars. And all the Lord helped them get across and none of the firing between the two gangs ever touched them because God helped them. And I knew it would work because they knew what was going on in their projects and they knew because at the time there was a lot of gang shootings. And so they, I mean, I had them. And then I told them that's a true story in the Bible. Not exactly how this is, but God helped people escape their poverty, their persecution by helping them get out because they love Jesus. And you can love Jesus and escape that too, and he'll help you. And man, it made a difference to them because they got it. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. So, you know, when they start teaching, start speaking, the people are like, how can this be? Because we hear them, they're all from Galilee, but yet they're speaking our language. The Parthians, the Medes, the Elamites, Mesopotamians, Judah, Cappadocia, Pontus, 
and even the people from Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egyptians, and Libyans, they're all speaking it. Even people from Rome, Cretans, and Arabs, they're all speaking it so we can hear what they're saying and understand it. That's crazy. And one of the guys says, oh, man, no, they're just drunk. And so that triggers Peter because he's like, oh, come on, people. We're just rejoicing. They're not drunk. It's way too early in the morning. It's 9 o'clock in the morning, people. This is just a fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel. And so he goes through the whole prophecy of Joel, Peter does, and he says this one thing, and this is what we have to remember. Now, remember, I always say, there. yes, there is forgiveness through Jesus, but then we also receive this second means of grace through the infilling of the Holy Spirit when we want more. And here's the whole forgiveness thing. Anyone, Acts 2.21, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Woo, that's good stuff. So Peter just goes into this big dissertation and tells them, you know, how they killed Jesus. And he's like, but, you know, he, he knows you didn't know and you were doing it out of ignorance. But death could not keep him from its grip. Death raised him. Death couldn't keep him down. He was raised from the death. And here's what King David does. And if you... If you highlight anything, highlight this, because this we should keep with us every day. I love this. I have this in my Bible app on my phone, highlighted and open all the time. King David said this about Jesus. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. See, I had to use that with my girl yesterday that was breaking down because she needed to remember who she was in Christ because I know this family is good Jesus followers. And man, that just lifted her up. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. And I don't, I don't really know what was going on, but that's what we got to remember. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. That's Acts 2 verse 25 so highlight that write that get that down and so then you know peter goes on to tell him hey the father has promised gave us the holy spirit and poured it out upon us and just what you see and hear today is witness of that and so peter's words pierced the very hearts of those that were listening and were hearing it you know in the in the bystanders and many of them repented of their sins and gave their hearts to Jesus that very day. And he, and they, too, received the Holy Spirit, which is a second means. you got to get forgiveness. Remember, Jesus said, many won't know me, won't receive this because they don't know me. So once we repent and give Jesus our heart, then we can receive the Holy Spirit because now we know him. You can't have the Holy Spirit if you don't even know Jesus because Jesus isn't available in the physical. Jesus is available in the spirit. And Jesus even told the woman at the well, there's coming a day where people will understand we have to worship in spirit. But we can only do that if we know him. How do we know him? We we ask him into our heart. We <laughs> seek him by saying, man, I don't want my old life. I can't do it without you. Come into my heart. Repent. 
confess. I can't do it without you, Lord. My track record shows it. I saw that in my own life. And he comes in and then say, Lord, I don't want to waffle. I don't want to be one of those people that lives it on Sunday and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they live a different life. I want to be totally committed to you. Come into my heart and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Woo, that's cool. And lead me through all things. And so the people saw that that were there and 3,000 that's were added to the church that day. So first we're at 120 and now we're at 3,000 more. So we're at 3120, right? And so they formed this community. So the church is born, right? The church is there. And they worship together. They do communion together. They share things. They give of offerings to each other. They support the church like it's supposed to be supported, and everything is good. So the church goes on. And so Peter and John are going to the temple, and there's this... uh, lame man who gets put out there every day to beg and here's the story where they asked peter and john for money and peter and john look at him and he's thinking yes i'm gonna get some money right because you know it's like they're digging for something or and he's thinking yeah i'm gonna get some money but here's here's the greatest thing peter says i don't have any silver or gold but I'll give you what I do have. You know, I think of that often when people are are asking me for something that I know I don't have. Because, you know, I, I, I can just tell you that there's a lot of things I don't have in the physical realm, but I know I have the Holy Spirit. I know I have Jesus. And so he says, I don't have silver or gold, but I'll give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus, remember he said, you will have the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So Peter uses that power. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And he took the lame man by the hand, and at that time the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed, and he jumps up. He didn't just, you know, how some people kind of push themselves up with their hands. He jumped up. And began to walk, and he was praising, leaping, and praising the Lord, and walking around the temple, and he was giving all the glory to the Lord. And people were like amazed. Wow, how did he do that? And this guy's rushing around, and the people are just like, whoa, how did he do that? So this gives Peter, who is, you know, has the power from the Holy Spirit, to preach again. And he preaches boldly, man, because he preaches like, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of that. Through faith, remember, Jesus would always say, your faith has healed you. Through faith, in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before, because you'd always walk by him, and just you would just enable him to stay in that mode. But through faith in the name of Jesus, because of the Holy Spirit who's in them, faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. So Peter's not taking the credit for it. He's giving Jesus all the credit for it. And that's what we have to do. And that's, you know, a lot of times we see people, you know, on the TV take credit for this healing. Oh, we healed him. Oh, we healed him. No, 
We didn't do anything. Jesus did it. And that's the one thing we always have to remember, that the gifts we have, whatever they are, is because Jesus is enabling to do what we do because he's given us that authority and power to represent, to speak Jesus in anything we do. You know, I've been blessed in coaching to do what I do because God gives me that ability. And I'm telling you, it's all because of him because I truthfully was going to be done coaching, but the Lord put this new team on my heart and in my path. And so I'm here, and, and I know I see every day how the Lord wants me to to speak Jesus to different people, and so I'm just trying to follow his will. And so Peter says, now repent of your sins and turn to God so your sins will be wiped away. So he's preaching boldly to the people. And so he goes through a lot of the things with them in this. And because he's preaching about Jesus, you know, those religious leaders are going to get chapped. They're getting angry because now the church has grown from not from the 3,000 it was, now it's up to 5,000. So remember those religious leaders that had Jesus crucified? Annas and Caiaphas? Yeah, they're still here. And so they call Peter and John into council, and they question him because they know about this Jesus. They're the ones that had him crucified and killed, remember? And they say, by whose name are you doing this? And Peter, who is filled with the Holy Spirit, said, let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that this man that was healed, that was clearly crippled, was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says the stone the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. Now, why is that key? First of all, they're giving all the credit to Jesus again. But remember when Jesus was telling a story to these same guys, Jesus referred to in his story this same scripture. The stone the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And that's when these same guys knew Jesus was talking about them. And that's when these same guys got really indignant or, you know, angry and decided, man, we got to kill this guy. So now Peter and John are using the same scripture. And so guess what it does? It makes them angry. So they're like, what should we do with these men? We can't let them go around talking about this Jesus because everybody in Jesus knows about it or everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. And it's propaganda. We can't let that go around. But, you know, if we do anything, we could cause a riot. So let's just tell them they can't be speaking Jesus' name anymore. So they go and tell them that. You guys can't go around saying that anymore because you just can't do that. So Peter's like, uh, okay, 
You think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We can't stop telling everybody about him. And so the cancel, so these council guys, Caiaphas and Annas, threatened them further, threatened them with more, but let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. See, they're more worried about themselves and they understood really deep down inside that if we punish them and Jesus has already rose from the grave, whoa, what could happen? And we're going to hear more about that probably in a little bit. So, Peter and John go back and they report to the church, hey man, we just been persecuted in the name of Jesus and they kind of celebrate it. But when they celebrate it, they just, they go into prayer. All the believers lifted their voices together in prayer. See, here's what we do. If we, re, if we think about when Jesus was persecuted, he didn't fight back. And so many times, like, we want to fight back. I remember when COVID happened really big and we got sheltered in place. And I remember a pastor, and I, I'm this really hurt me. Because when we were told to, to shelter in place, this pastor goes, well, I don't mean to be a rebel rouser, but what happens when I'm in jail? Will somebody bail me out? Because, you know, I don't know that I'm going to abide by these rules they have for me in this town. And, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be mocking him, but that's how he really talks. And I'm just thinking, whoa, wait a minute. First of all, Romans 13 tells us that all authority is placed in its position, whether we like it or not, by God. And it's ordained by God and we're supposed to respect that so we need to pray for that authority because no matter if we like it or not God has a purpose for it we may not understand it but there's going to be an understanding coming out of it somewhere some way and second of all I could think was you know Jesus didn't like what was happening to him I can't think people spitting at him pulling on his beard slapping him and all that was something he enjoyed but he didn't fight back. Why? Because he knew that he was going to conquer it. The lamb wins, people. And so what he did was prayed to the Father. And so here's what the believers are doing. They know they're going to get persecution. The persecution of the church has started. So they start praying to the Father. And I think it's really cool. They pray and they're giving thanks that, oh, it's, it's great that we can be persecuted in your name, but protect us. Help us to know what to say. Help us to know how to do this. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. See, they get filled more with the Holy Spirit. They were filled already, but they got more filling of the Holy Spirit because it's like water, you know. We have to keep filling ourselves with water so we don't get depleted. So they're praying out, and the Holy Spirit comes and fills them and fills them and fills them. People, just because we go and we give God ourselves doesn't mean we can't keep coming to the well for more. 
And so they did this, and the church got united in heart and mind. And they felt that what they had of their own was for everybody. The other day, I remember I said, we need to be united, not divided. And that's the theme of my team this season, too. We need to be united, not divided. Because Jesus said a house united will not stand. And, you know, I was in a meeting yesterday with my good friend Dan Bohai, and he's like, the world will never get it if the church is always divided, which I've been saying for a long time. There will never be unity in the world as long as there's not unity in the church. Until the church becomes unified, we'll never see unity in the world. It starts with the church because the church is what the world follows. And if the world sees unity, bickering, and dissension, that's what the world's going to be. So the early church is our greatest example. When they reach persecution, they give God praise and they pray for strength. And when they pray for strength, what do they do? They get more infilling of the Spirit. Woohoo! That's so cool. And that's what we need. So today, let's do this. Let's say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me the strength. So when I'm persecuted, when those things sin, I remember the Lord is with me. He's right by my side. I will not be shaken (laughs) because I know you're with me. And I want to stand united with the real truthful believers and followers of Christ because with you, we can do anything. Because you've empowered us through your Holy Spirit. Because greater is the one that lives in us than the one that lives in the world. And we trust in you. Have a great Wednesday. We'll see you tomorrow as we keep talking about the church. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never. Never fail.